0: The following program is sponsored by Fairly Spiritual on KCIS. Well, hello, everyone. It's Dr. Doug Bursch, and you're listening to The Fairly Spiritual Show. On today's show, I'm going to talk about silence. There was this crazy composer who decided to compose a piece that was just a lot of silence. But actually, it wasn't about silence at all. It was about what we're not hearing when we're too busy making noise. We're also going to talk about Pastor Appreciation Month. Yeah, we're at the end of the month, but can you possibly appreciate pastors and ministers in your midst on other days or in other months than Pastor Appreciation Month? All this and more on The Fairly Spiritual Show. To the fairly spiritual show i am dr doug bursch and i'm so glad you could join me for today's show by the way that intro music that is my brother dan bursch by the way singing harmony is his wife mary bursch that's from one of his songs from one of his worship albums you can find his music on itunes uh, great music from dan bursch he's also a pastor in the edgewood area in the south uh, puget sound region Uh, So on today's show, uh, this is what we're going to talk about, a couple things. Uh, One, uh, a little bit about pastor appreciation, uh, how to appreciate your pastor. Remember, um, it's Pastor Appreciation Month. It's not too late to appreciate your pastor. And then uh, once you get through Pastor Appreciation Month, it's all depreciation from here. It's all downhill, so you got to do it now. And then also, I want to talk about silence, uh, what we hear when we are silent. I was at a school concert. And I'm going to admit this, I uh, don't always enjoy going to my kids' school concerts. Judge me, if you will. I'm okay with that, but I, like many parents, am not there for the whole concert. I, I know that your kid is special, but I'm not really there to hear your kid. I know that might make me sound bad, but you know how these things go. They're long. They take forever. I'm kind of there just to hear my kid. But I listen to your kid. I don't leave early. Not like some of those parents. No, I'm there for every song. And it was one of those, it was band, orchestra, choir, and every single student in the entire district singing or playing or doing something musical and... So I made it through that thing, but as I was at it, I heard this song from the band, and my son is not in the band, and it just impacted me in such a way that I want to share it with you. And it's all about silence, and it got me thinking about how important silence is for us to really hear God and to hear each other. But before we get into that, uh, some housekeeping. I don't know why I say housekeeping. It makes it seem like I'm a great housekeeper. I am not. Uh, First, if you want to text the show, 360-818-4513, that's 360-818-4513. Thank you to those of you who text and uh, call the show. I don't put you on a list here. It's not anything, but I just want to know if you're actually listening, whether on podcast. It's nice to know, hey, you listen to the podcast or you listen on the radio. It helps me know where I want to direct uh, funds as far as for, for broadcasting, for paying to be on the air. Uh, where where I just want to spend the energy for this, who's listening, uh, where to keep the show on the air, where to pull it back, that kind of stuff. So in order to do that, one of the ways I do that is is find out if you're listening. So uh, text me, 360-818-4513. If you listen and you're like, yeah, I want it to stay on this station or I want I want you to continue with this podcast, this is one way I can determine that. So text me, 360-818-4513, 360 360- 818-4513. Another way I can determine whether you want me to stay on the air is when it comes to fundraising. Uh, to, in order to pay to be on the radio, we have to raise a certain amount of money. I have a few donors who help me uh, partner with you to stay on the air. But last week, I mentioned that in four weeks, I needed to raise $7,000 for another year of programming. Uh, along with my my donors who helped sponsor this show, I need another $7,000. And uh, so last week we raised $250. So let me, let me see if I can do the math correctly. Okay, I need to raise 7,000 in four weeks. The first week we raised $250. And thank you for those who donated 250 That That's not a little thing, that's a big thing. So 7,000 minus 250. Uh, those of you who are math minded, can you do the math there? If, I, if my totals are correct, that means that we have 6,750 left to raise in the next three weeks. Now, at our current rate, uh, I don't think we're going to make that. Uh, We'll we'll probably be 6000 short. So I need more people to give this week. So I'm just praying, you know, if you want this to stay on the radio the next year, uh, that's what I need given. Uh, If the listeners are out there who want that to continue, uh, please donate. If they're not there, then I'm going to take that as a sign uh, to do something else. Uh, So no manipulation, just trying to figure out what to do next. If you want to donate to keep the show in the air, uh, if it's $25, $50, $100 or more, go to the website fairlyspiritual.org. That's fairlyspiritual.org, and you can donate in uh, those variables, $25, $50, 100 or more. Uh, fairlyspiritual.org. So let's get into uh, one of today's topics. First, uh, pastor appreciation. Uh, just, just in the context of I know pastor appreciation is kind of an artificial thing in the sense of somebody made up the concept of October is Pastor Appreciation Month. And part of me, you know, when I was young in ministry, I'm always kind of the guy like, oh, we don't need some special day to appreciate pastors, and we don't need some special month. And, you know, I'm the guy who's like, you know, Hallmark made up Mother's Day, and it's just something to sell greeting cards and all that kind of stuff. Well, I've kind of changed my tune on that. Ministry is tough, and I'm glad someone pointed out that we should maybe be intentional in supporting pastors. Now, the reality is some pastors uh, are in ministry situations where they receive lots of support and lots of encouragement, and also they receive lots of financial support and financial encouragement. So the range of what's happening in a pastor's life is so varied that you really can't make too many sweeping statements about how you honor the pastors who serve you. You really got to pray about it. You really got to discern what to do best. And and for those of you, I would tell you this too. If you are not right now currently in a church, there are still people who are pastoring you. There are still people that you are leaning on to give you ministerial advice. People who have mentored you, who've been you you're you're going to their resources, you're going to them for support. And I would encourage you at some level to show them appreciation. I do think that's important. I do think it's important to honor people around you. Now, of course, I think the best way to show appreciation when it comes to pastoral appreciation is to let people know the value that they've had in your life. I know for me as a pastor, one of the things that just matters the most is when people give me positive feedback. When you minister, you're going to get negative feedback. And often, y- y- I'll make too much out of negative feedback. I, that, that one negative thing, I'll focus on far more than the positive things. That's just kind of how human nature works. But what I've found is sometimes I can preach a message, and people like the message and feel good about it, and, and they are encouraged, but they forget to talk to me about it. And so I can preach a message, and at the end of the service, I can have no one who really talked to me about it, or maybe just one person who interacted with me about that. Well, now if I'm feeling insecure, or maybe at the end of church somebody comes up to me and they say something negative to, to me about something I did uh, or didn't do during the week, uh, that can be compounded. So a great way that you can show appreciation for your pastor is just to tell them what you appreciate. You can tell what whatever it is, you know, appreciate the messages, appreciate their kindness, appreciate that they visited, whatever it is. Uh, one uh, woman in our church has lately been uh, doing outlines of my sermons and posting them online. That has been incredibly encouraging to me. Uh, One of the things that frustrates me as a pastor is sometimes I feel like I'll preach a message and it just kind of disappears. You know, I spend a lot of time on it, and then it just kind of disappears. And to have someone who's taking notes and and really spending time, you know, just kind of meditating upon what I feel like the Lord has given me, and then for them to post that online and to share that with others— that has been incredibly. I know it's honoring of God's word, but it's also felt incredibly honoring of me. So just think about ways that you can appreciate your pastor. You you might not. You say, well, I don't. You know, money and things like that, and and gift cards. I don't. I don't have that ability. I'll tell you, that's not nearly as important as just trying to find a way to let someone know how their life has impacted you spiritually. And and there's other people, depending upon the church you're in, the church size, where it's amazingly powerful if you can go to a, a youth pastor, or you can go to a worship leader, or a women's leader, or a children's ministry leader, or someone who's serving you in any capacity in a church setting, or any capacity in a ministerial setting, and just write them a note and tell them what they're doing and what it means to you. Just tell them one story of something they said or something they did, and and the impact it's had in their life, or for maybe a children's minister, where you can give them one story about something your child has done in relationship to how they've been loved and taught in the church. These are some ways, and then I'm just gonna say something that people can judge me on with this. But now, if if your pastor is full time and they're they're paid a a a, a worthy salary and compensated well. You know, the issues of like gifts and things, that's fine, but that's not as big of a deal. But I I do know that there are many pastors who are underpaid. There are many pastors who are bivocational. Sadly, in some churches, many of the people are making far more than the pastor who's serving them. And it's just kind of this weird dynamic in our churches. We have many bivocational pastors who are working full-time outside the church and full-time in the church who are barely making it. And uh one of the things you can just do to bless your pastor is to provide them some sort of financial gift where the strings are just not attached. And I would encourage you to not just do something that seems good to you. Make sure you do something that would be good for them. Uh, Sometimes people will do, hey, you know, we got you a spa package. Well, that's fine if a spa package is great for them. But I've seen people do this for pastors where they'll get a pastor's wife, you know, a spa package, but she needs money to pay for groceries, and it's this incongruity because someone who has money to pay for groceries, who has a full-time income, who has their house paid for, who has good health insurance, uh, who loves their pastor but doesn't understand that their pastor is living at a lower economic level than they are, sends them a spa package. I remember I even once had a denominational head give you know all the pastors in our, in our district these gift cards to a, a restaurant that was like an hour away from us. And most of us were bivocational. We had young kids. In order to go to that restaurant, we'd have to get babysitting. We'd have to drive like a, you know, an hour away. It was a nice thought, but it really came from their affluence. They were wealthy people who didn't understand our own non-affluence. What we needed was someone probably just to give us fifty dollars and say, "Hey, you know, do what you need to do." Maybe just. Pay to get into the next children's, you know, I, whenever I go and visit, uh, you know, a high school volleyball game or a high school basketball game, I got to pay seven bucks. My wife pays seven bucks. That for, that's $14. It's, you know, you know, that's not easy to pay. That's, that's where our economy is. We got a 300,000, we have $300,000, excuse me, 300,000 miles on our van. More than that, 320,000 miles on our van. And we don't keep it around because we want to keep it around. We keep it around because we can't afford another van. Like So for us, uh, it, the most practical things is when someone gives you something like, hey, you know, you can use this to be able to, to pay for an oil change. Now, by, by saying this, I know this is hard because some people don't want to hear this. They're like, I don't want you to talk about that, Doug. And by me sharing this, it might seem like, well, Doug, you shouldn't share your, your laundry. But this is important. You got pastors right now who they, they can't pay for health insurance. They can't pay for dental. They can't provide Christmas and presents that they want to provide. They can't provide basic things. They're they're in debt. It's not because they're bad stewards of their money and they didn't follow Ramsey's you know financial advice. It's because they're working in a job where they really can't make the amount of money necessary and the amount of care that they give the church and they can't do a job that outside the church that pays enough for it's just hard it's just hard so i'll tell you if you could pray about that if you have a pastor right now that you know just been working hard and if there's a way you could bless them financially could you think about that i mean could you could you really just think about how and just a no strings attached not not even like well use this to go on vacation you know okay that's kind of a burden because they might not want to use that to go on vacation They might want to use that because they know their child needs dental work, but they haven't been able to do that, and they'll see that as an answer to prayer that they can maybe get, you know, work on a down payment for braces or something that they just haven't been able to do. So I want to encourage you with that. I just really just just think about that, pray about that. I think actually, as I'm talking right now, like I I, frankly I don't even really care with this. What if I get to another point in this broadcast? because I really do love pastors, and and I think our culture has lost a lot of respect for pastors. In social media, I just see daily people just ripping into pastors, and there's a lot of bad pastors, and, and often people have a bad experience with a pastor or, or different pastors, and so then they project that on all pastors. And They say terrible things about pastors, and even friends of mine on social media, they say terrible things about the church and pastors, and then they're like, but you're okay, Doug, you're you're, you're okay, dude, but just, you know, everybody else is terrible. And it hurts. It hurts me. And I know I was in a room full of like seven different pastors, and every single one of them told me stories of they gave up jobs where they were making far more money to be a pastor. Now, they weren't doing that to say, oh, I'm a better person, but every one of them was doing their job because of calling. They weren't doing it for more power. That narrative that they just wanted more money, every single one of them would have made more money doing something else, and all of them were paying a pretty big cost for pastoring. Now, are there egos in the room? Yes. Are there narcissistic pastors? You bet. Are there problems in the church? Yes. And and still, we should speak out against problems, and we should challenge people who are not pastoring and not ministering in the way they should but we should also honor those who labor and serve in our midst in the role of pastor. And it's embarrassing to me sometimes that, that we really don't honor our pastors and our ministers. You know, there's been a move, I even hear it more and more, like, you know, in order for the church to survive, we need more bivocational pastors. Bivocational means, you know, you're getting paid part-time by the church and part-time some other place. Well, I think that's fine if people have chosen to do that, but one of the reasons we're moving towards more bivocational pastors is because people respect pastors less, and they're less willing to give the financial support necessary to support a full-time pastor. I don't think that's the best motivation for why we should have more bivocational pastors. I don't, I don't think you'll ever regret blessing someone who's laid down their life or laid down their financial security in order to be a pastor. In fact, I, I've been thinking about this. In my denomination, when I came into my denomination, uh, most of the people were like 20 years older than me, and many of them had planted their own churches. Uh, we have a younger denomination, it's the Foursquare Denomination, and there weren't like historic churches, there weren't historic buildings where you took over from another building or another church. So basically, they started their own churches, and to start your own church is incredibly difficult, right? So they would form a group of people on their own, you know, they'd gather them together, they'd meet in their house, they'd meet in a school. They'd go from place to place, They'd rent places. Some of them, if they were lucky enough, they'd grow enough people with this, you know, just huge fundraising in order to find a way to build a little building where they could have, you know maybe a hundred people in that congregation. Others could never raise enough support to even build their own building and they would just rent and find ways to survive in buildings. And they would spend, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 years, 30 years, just doing everything they could to help these congregations survive. That stated numbers of 50, 60, 70 people, 100 people, some, you know, got up to 200. And as they worked as these faithful ministers, they worked in a culture that constantly told them they weren't doing it well enough. They went to meetings and denominational meetings that said, You know, if you're a a good church, you'd be growing past those 100 barriers or those 200 barriers. And they they had mega church pastors tell them that they needed to get bigger. And if they, you know, they just, you know, they give them illustrations that, you you know, you need to take your talent and double it. And the really faithful stewards get bigger and stronger and all that garbage, just garbage. And these are amazing servants who had yielded their financial futures who had yielded their capacity to make more money in any other profession to lay down their lives to start a church. And they had invested their lives and their marriages and their kids in these little communities. And and it's so hard when you're set up and tear down in a school, and when you're, you're barely making it financially, and they'd taken on debt, and because of that, some of them weren't able to afford to ever really buy a house or ever really to, to own the things they wanted to own, or this constantly dealing with not being able to provide what other people could provide their families. These are the stories we don't tell. And then they would get to a point, they'd do that till, you know, they're 50 and 60. And then because it was always on the margins where they could never just really get to a place of self-sustaining, that they couldn't afford to retire either. Uh, because they're still barely making it. And then the denomination would come along and say, you need to retire, and you're being selfish for still ministering, and you need to hand things over to the younger generation. And what I would see with these poor saints is the whole way, the whole time, they were doing nothing but laying down their lives. And the whole time, they were being accused of not doing enough. Well, you know, I bring this up because these people are are worth investing in. Church plants are worth investing in. If you know a young couple that's just been laying down their life for their congregation of 50 or 60 people, give them a couple hundred dollars for pastor appreciation. You know, in fact, I was going to do some fundraising today. I'm not going to do it. I don't care. I'm not going to give anything out at the end of the show. I don't care. Give, give them a couple hundred. Do something. You won't regret that. Invest in some pastor, because I'll tell you, their marriage is probably struggling because it's, it's hard. It's hard to minister. It's hard bless them. You won't regret that. There's a lot of things we waste money on. You will not regret investing in people. And there's some pastors who are 60, 65, and, 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 and you know each pastor appreciation, you give them a card, you do something like that, maybe do something more. Maybe your church already did something, and you just, you know, you, you clapped, and maybe you need to do something next month for them and just say, I want you guys to know I love you, and I'm sorry you can't afford to retire. But do something big for them. They're worth it. You know, I'm not going to edit out this show. I'm recording it earlier, but I told you guys that I was going to do something on silence, and uh, I don't have time to do it. And I and I'm not gonna edit this out because I just want this to be this where my heart is right now. I'll I'll do next week's show on this. But I I just this is where my heart is. I didn't wasn't trying to trick you. But I'll I'll do the show. I I watch this neat piece on on silence and I'll talk about that. And but maybe I just say this. You know I I, I watch this piece where this conductor by the name of um, Cage Cage is his last name. Um, he wrote a piece called Four Minutes and Thirty-Three Seconds. And all it is is where no one is playing. It's just silence. But he did the piece because when you're silent, and people thought, you know, that's just a gimmick, you know, to be silent. But the idea is it's not about silence, that when you're silent in a, in a concert hall, you hear all kinds of other noises. And he wanted people, when they were silent, to hear all the other noises, to hear the people making noise, you know, to hear the rain outside, to hear the wind, uh, that when we're silent, everything around us becomes an instrument. And uh, that really just stuck with me, and I'll spend some more time on, on that and talking about it in the show, but I'm, I'm thinking about this right now. I think some of us need to be silent, and we need to hear the heart's cry of the pastors who've been serving us. Um, I just think we need God's heart for the ministries who've been serving us. Um, and I think some of us, now some you, you have, you greatly show appreciation and care, but we have a culture that has profound disrespect for ministers. I, I get it, there's some terrible ministers out there, and but there are some who are laying their lives down. And our culture, our media doesn't show respect to ministers. Social media doesn't show respect to ministers. Sadly, churches and leadership often doesn't show respect to ministers. The church growth movement doesn't show respect to ministers. And sometimes denominations don't as well. Maybe you can. Maybe you can. Maybe you can be the one. So I would encourage you to spend some time and just be silent and ask the Lord to show you your heart for the pastor you love, or the pastor's spouse that you love, just to show you God's heart. Be silent and and see what God wants you to see and to hear what God wants you to hear. And then do what God tells you to do. Just do it. Give what God tells you to give. Just bless. It's important. We need more pastors, and we need more pastors to stay longer in the harvest field. So let's encourage them today, okay? Can we do that? Let's all try our best. I know some of you are doing that, so continue to do that in the name of Jesus, all right? Thanks for letting me just do what I did today. I appreciate your grace. I appreciate each and every one of you. Hey, if you want to text the show, it's 360 818 4513. You can find out what I do, what our show's about at our website, fairlyspiritual.org. I appreciate you. You know, this life is an eternal existence. Everything around us is going to rust and corrode and fade away. Let's live for what is eternal, not for what rusts and corrodes and fades away the eternal that's our foundation the eternal all right see you next time